Hello, everyone. Hey, guys. Welcome to our 16th episode of KRNL Talks. I'm Jordan. I'm Carrington. Today, we have a really fun episode with Patty Dowd, who's from Four Paws, has her own puppy of her own. It's so great to hear about everything that she's learned, the impact that they've made on campus. Yes, we're excited for you guys to listen. We would like to give a big shout out to our sponsor, um, Pops Resale. As always, thank you so, so much. Without further ado, here she is. Hi, my name is Patty Dowd. Um, I'm a sophomore integrated strategic communication major. I'm from Columbus, Ohio, and I am highly involved on campus. That's really cool. And what is Four Paws and why did you like join the organization? Yeah, so um, Four Paws for Ability is a nonprofit organization based out of Xenia, Ohio. Um, and their goal is to train and raise service dogs for primarily children with disabilities and veterans. And I had originally like learned about the program like when I first toured UK and one of the tour guides like mentioned like, oh my gosh, like there's dogs all over campus. I remember that. Yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh that's so cool and so it always start it always starts I feel like as being like oh cute dogs but then it has like a really good um message and like intention too and so once I like I obviously started because I was like oh my gosh like I love dogs so much and I like miss my dog at home so it it gave me like a good outlet to like engage with pets and stuff especially like peak like COVID college year because we like didn't have in-person classes as much and you know lots of places are still like online so tell me about your dog at home so you are a dog person I am a dog person your whole life or no actually I've always just been like a weird like animal person mm-hmm. I mean it was like a stumbled upon thing like one of my friends at in elementary school like found a stray cat and then oh we literally God. took in that cat of course after that my mom's like oh my gosh this is not a free pet because yeah. you know it had fleas yeah. and like ticks <laughs> and you know yeah. it was literally like off the street and then uh, my freshman year of high school I like put together a presentation oh yeah on, I love that on reasons why we should get a dog and I had like note cards and everything mm-hmm. and I like you were showed prepared. them yep yep I mean I was 14 what else do you do at 14 really? like nothing <laughs> sit on the internet pretty much yeah. <laughs> research how much a dog yeah. costs. <laughs> yes exactly yeah, exactly that, that's exactly what so I did what, br- what breed do you have um she is a lab pit mix okay. so yeah she's she's pretty cute she's like tall so um she's like a lanky gal but yeah. so she's six now and I always can just like count up from years of high school and years of college because yeah which makes oh, it, that's nice. Yeah, it makes it pretty easy. It so. make it easy. Yeah. So, but. like, where do Four Paws get all of their dogs? And do they look for, like, a specific breed? Yeah, yeah. So, um, Four Paws has been, um, been an organization for a really long time. And so, like, throughout that time, they've worked with a lot of different breeds just to figure out, like, what breeds have the highest success rates and, um, you know, depending on, obviously, like what you're trying to place the dogs with, what kind of tasks. Um, the breed obviously like depends on that too. Um, so we mostly work with um, golden retrievers, labs, and Newfoundland mixes. Mm-hmm. We never, like there's never usually a purebred dog just because that causes a lot of health issues. Um, but we also have papillons, which are like the really tiny little dogs with the big ears. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they obviously do more like, 
hearing focused tasks. Okay. Um, I actually haven't seen one of those. Really? Yet. Google it. Oh my I gosh. Will. They're 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 cute, but like I've never seen a dog like that. Like it's very really? interesting. Yeah. We've had a few papillons on campus too, actually. Um, so, so they do cute. more hearing focused things, you said? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. That's um, interesting because they're so tiny. Yeah. Yeah. So they're they're very little, but they're adorable. Um, Everyone go Google it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, we used to work um, with like golden retrievers. Um, golden doodles are a common one that we still work with. Um, standard poodles sometimes because um, the, they're hypoallergenic, so they work with, well with a lot of um, families. So you really have a wide variety. Yeah, it's a pretty wide variety, um, but it's definitely gotten more focused throughout the years because, sure. you know, they've been able to be like, okay, this dog has a really high success rate, especially with children, um, like the Newfoundland mixes, um, the Golden Retrievers, those are usually pretty big dogs, so it's really helpful for those kinds of, like, mobility tasks. So yeah. if you have a child who uses a, a wheelchair half the time, but um, needs assistance when she's walking around or something like that's a really helpful trait to have. So, um, and a lot of a lot of the dogs are like multi-purpose service dogs, so they'll be trained in in multiple things. So that's really cool. So, is yeah. this an organization that's just on campus, or is it nationwide? No. Um, so it's not necessarily like nationwide. Um, like I said, it's based out of Ohio. So, okay. um, but there are like branches on different campuses. So they have an entire college program, which is really cool. Um, so UK isn't the only campus that has it. Um, okay. Ohio State. Um, University of Cincinnati, Kent State, Wright State, um, Dayton, like Miami of Ohio, like all, all like of those. All very Midwest schools. Yes, schools. yes, okay, yeah. Okay. All, especially all Ohio schools. Um, they, just because it's, it's close to headquarters. Um, that makes sense. Yeah. So all of those schools also have programs on their campuses. And Ohio State probably has the most comparable program um, just because it's a pretty large organization. It's really well known on their campus, sure. just like it is here. Um, but it is just, um, so there's like that college campus aspect and then, um, there's like traditional homes, which they're called. So, um, like regular, just like families will foster and raise those service dogs as well. So it's not just like college kids, obviously. I didn't know that. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and it helps, it helps us balance like what a dog needs to work on. So like, say a dog is really good with like loud noises and um, just being surprised. So like they won't need the college campus experience because this experience is very loud, random, prepares you for like being out in the real world when you're a service dog. But like say they're not good necessarily with kids or they haven't had kid exposure. So then they can go to a traditional family and um, like work with a more traditional family, work with children in the household, get used to interacting with them, being gentle, that kind of thing. So, um, but a lot of dogs that need a college campus experience, like quote unquote, um, are dogs that just need to work on being around random things. It's, um, we call it socialization. So, um, we have like a triangle and it's like socialization and obedience. And so like you have to find like the perfect balance to, um, you know, prepare them to be in public spaces pretty much. So that's what a lot of like our job is. Could you talk more about the socialization triangle? That's really interesting. Yeah, um, honestly, I'm definitely leaving out, like, I there's, like, socialization, obedience, and there's one more, but I literally forget what it is. Um, <laughs> so as a trainer, you have to make sure that they meet all three qualifications before they can move on? or um, So it's more of, like, a guideline, okay. um, and it helps you understand, like, okay, 
if something is not so like if I'm taking my dog out for example I took my um foster Gomez I took him to the basketball game and um he was not like following his commands so he like kind of just like forgot how to do down or he just like wasn't listening and so like from the obedience perspective like he lost control on the obedience section but that's because he was so focused on the socialization aspect um and so basically like as a trainer your um job is to find the best balance between those things um that they are learning how to i mean obviously like you have to teach them some obedience so they get used to like having things to be confident in and i don't know you know what i mean um (laughs) so like for a follow-up question about that and we're gonna jump into gomez in a second because i want to hear all about him (laughs) but what is it like when you take your service dog around um like what is your experience with that being on campus going to class i mean going to a basketball game i would seem like would be a very hard yeah experience so tell me about that especially since he's so young so i wasn't uh, okay i'm gonna explain the process of uh, like our placements and stuff like that so that'll help give like a timeline understanding could you also say how old he is yes he's four months old so he yeah he's a little he's a little baby um and so basically here's how it works um four paws some of their dogs that don't end up becoming service dogs they will take some of them and you know designate them as breeders if they're healthy they have good um quality traits like they're not like overly energetic or aggressive or anything like that. Um, and so that's why we have like a lot of actual like mixes between like golden, golden doodles and golden sure. labs sure. and stuff like that. Um, so those dogs are all like born and raised at Four Paws headquarters in Xenia, Ohio. Um, and then some of the dog, the dogs will like, they have a full-time staff working there. Um, and they work on socialization from like the second they can walk. Um, so like, They'll work on commands and um, they'll go on outings even at like four weeks old. But um, they have like the little vests on, but they're too big. They don't make any that small. So they're like, (laughs) they're like hanging off of them. Um, And then we, uh, there's also um, like a prison program. Um, And so some of the dogs will go off to a local prison in Ohio. I'm not sure where, Um, but they'll go there. And those, um, the people there get to work full time, like 24 seven with those dogs for like usually duration of two weeks or so. That's really cool. Yeah. And so they get like a very different experience obviously there. Um, And so some people, some, some of those dogs will go there. Some of them will just stay at four paws. Um, Some of them will go into a foster home Um, but they just have to come back every few weeks to get all of their vaccinations. And then once they're typically around four months old, that's when they usually are fully vaccinated and could go out to a full-time foster. Um, So for me, like I got Gomez actually before he turned four months old um, and he had his like final rounds of vaccination. So that just means that like he was able to go out in public, you know, there was no concern about interacting with dogs that aren't vaccinated and, you know, things like that. Um, So they'll go out to their um, fosters. Um, They're like full-time fosters. And then six months, there's a puppy evaluation. You take them back to headquarters and they will basically just evaluate, okay, how comfortable is this dog in public? How are they doing with their obedience? Like that type of stuff, just to get a baseline of where they're at. Um, And while this is all happening, um, 
the primary uh, like volunteer trainer, which is, which would be like me in the case of Gomez, I have to fill out two forms every month that like just state like what kind of socialization he's been doing. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what kind of socialization he's doing, what he's working on, any problems we've been working through, how he's feeling. Um, wow. So it's like a very in-depth process. Sure. And then usually by the time they're around a year old, they will have either like a, an advanced training evaluation or like a breeder evaluation. Um, and so that like year old evaluation helps determine like, okay. Their next step. Yes. Are we going to, right, exactly. Are oh. we going to take you back and are we going to like focus on tracking or mobility? Like what kind of skills are you fit for? Or are you not fit for the program at all anymore? Like, oh. do you have too bad of suspicion or whatever? Um, and that point, a lot of, I would say most dogs um, bow out at that point. Um, and they become what we call fabulous flunkies and they like flunk out of the program. And so there's like, you know, a a long waiting list and, um, they, if the primary handler has been in the program for over a year, they can adopt the dog that they were handling. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, but then if they can't, um, it goes out to the general public in the list and they, and they still match, um, people in the general, general public. Um, oh, so that's still nice so that you can still serve. Oh, that's so interesting. They're fully vaccinated at that point. You've already been trained and yes. socialized. And yep. Oh, my gosh. That's yep. really amazing. Yeah. Nice. So, yeah. So all these people get these, like, super good dogs. Really? Um, but they do know that, like, obviously when they flunk out, they have certain problems that make them unfit for being a service dog. Um, but they know that. And you give them a lot of information when you apply to um, adopt a fla- fabulous flunky. Um, and... So, yeah, so that's basically, like, the timeline. Okay, going back, what was the question? <laughs> the question was, how was it um, taking Gomez to the okay. basketball game and taking them to, like, class? Right, like right. Okay, so, um, like, now knowing, like, that's, like, the yeah, timeline. Yeah. So I have, like, I got Gomez super early, like, in the, you know, process. So, like, I'm, yeah. like, his first person that he's ever worked with, really. Um, and I told, like, a lot of my friends and my family this. But, you know, he had never been, like, outside like in a neighborhood and whatever because he you know lived like around all these dogs and he lived with his litter mates and they have like this huge huge yard and stuff like that um but other than that like he had never like like I, I remember the first day I took him outside and he was like like amazed by the birds chirping because he just was like what like there is so much noise. Um, on a college campus, yeah, that's the like there's, overload. No, there's yeah. So there's so much like he had to adjust to for that first week. Um, but then in the rain, I don't know if you can mention the rain. Oh my that's gosh, one of my favorite I literally he's so bad with the rain. He like has never like. I don't, he's never like experienced rain, mm-hmm. I guess, um, because he was born in October and then he was, you know, too young to like go outside yeah. really. Like he couldn't even, you know, you can't, they can't walk until like a month or whatever. Um, and so like he literally had never experienced rain before. And so mm-hmm. the first time it was like thunderstorming here, I would take him outside and he would just lick the ground That's nonstop. So it was until he would not walk. He would not go to the bathroom outside. He would go outside and he would just drink the water and I was like I will give you good water yeah. just oh. go to the bathroom outside I don't know I always have the scene in, the, in my head of like seeing you carrying the him. dog back yeah I saw you on campus and it was raining and she was carrying him trying to get home yeah he, w- <laughs> he he literally wouldn't walk with me so I had to like carry oh him gosh, home that was oh so gosh. funny it, yeah it was funny for them that was definitely one of my moments where I was like oh my <laughs> what did you get yourself into no exactly yeah, because yeah. 
because yeah. you know you have this dog and they're like never they've literally never seen or experienced anything yeah. and then you have to get them used to everything um and so i will say like it's really awesome that we have such a large campus like campus organization um surrounding like service dogs and training um because the culture is really good around it like people know um a lot about them and like it's a very normal thing to see which is good like it gets people used to like you know, if you see them in the real world, like plenty of people have them. Um, but I will say that like one of the hardest problems has been like, honestly, still like accessibility and awareness, like around service dogs and like what they do and how they help people um, and the laws around it. So like I um, had to jump through a lot of hoops to get him to like live in my house because technically like service dogs and training are not protected um, in housing. So, like, mm. places can still charge a pet fee for them, even though, like, you know, they are training to become service mm -hmm. dogs. They might end up being service dogs. They might not, but they're still more trained than an emotional support animal because there's no qualifications for an emotional support animal other than a letter of recommendation or a, a prescription for one. Yeah. Um, it's and relatively easy to, like, get one. A lot yeah. of my friends have them. Yeah, exactly. So, um, and they're, they don't have any training at, at all, whereas, like, service dogs in training – have a very strict regimen obviously as I was talking about you know I have to fill out all these forms for him and um you know obviously like when you get into the program you you understand like you're you're training a dog it's not like a pet mm -hmm. um and so there was a lot of things about the housing issue like it's very hard and luckily like the university is really good about it because they're used to this program so sure. um they just have to be fully vaccinated to like live in campus housing um but then that's like another aspect of accessibility because campus housing is really expensive so um you know not everyone can afford to live in campus housing and then if they want to raise a service dog in training like then they have to find some somewhere that will actually accept them um and you know, that type of thing. And also like serve any sort of assistance animal is allowed in public um, and in any public space and they can't uh, like reject your entrance. Um, and I've had, especially when, when I went to the basketball game, yeah. um, Rupp Arena tried to like deny, deny me entrance. Um, really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Because they asked for verification of a service dog and service dogs, don't carry verification um because it is a HIPAA violation like telling people like personal medical information like about why you have that service dog yeah. that makes sense yeah so um people like in working in a public space can only ask one is it a service dog two what tasks have they been trained to do um that's interesting that they were trying to like deny you entrance because it's like UK affiliated and you think they know about the program yeah so. no you would and the other thing is too is like I've had other dogs like I because I was like a secondary handler so I would dog sit for all the other dogs on campus okay and I've taken some of the dogs to Rupp Arena before and there were two other like four paws dogs at that same game who did not have a problem getting in interesting so it definitely is just like an it's education based thing. on yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. who you get in there okay interesting. yeah yeah but you know like it's really hard to be like okay yeah like he doesn't have verification but like that's not how service dogs work mm -hmm. and regardless like he's still protected under the american with disabilities act like he's protected under Kentucky law to go into any public space, but it's really hard to be like a 20 year old <laughs> yeah, <laughs> being no. like, Hey, respectfully. Yeah, yeah. Respectfully. Like you're yeah. literally breaking the law right yeah. now. <laughs> like yeah. it's really, it's, 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 it's a very difficult situation like that. I 
you know, didn't have to expect, like I wasn't expecting to have to deal with. Um, but like, I do also understand, like, it's good that, you know, we get to practice this with like service dogs and training and get all of these people who are in control of public spaces used to seeing service dogs that, sure. so that like when the time comes around, like just because like you can't physically see something wrong or see a disability on someone doesn't mean that they don't need their service dog. Exactly, yeah. Um, so, you know, all of these people in public spaces like need to get used to the idea that, you know, you might, someone might have a, have a service dog and look totally fine, but they might have like a severe, severe epilepsy or seizures. Um, so they need that dog to alert them. And so they're in a safe environment when they're having those seizures or especially like, like at a basketball game, yeah. like at Rupp, like there's yes. so many like, yeah. like it's a very, yes, and stuff like that. Yeah. It's a very like overwhelming experience. So, you know, people need, need their service dogs. Like, so, um, it's getting, it's getting better. I feel like the more that I have to confront people about things and like get used to that, but it definitely was like very jarring. And I was like, Oh my God, like, I can't believe, cause we do have that really great campus culture. Mm -hmm. So I've never yeah, really gotten used to them on campus. Like yeah. being in Starbucks, being in the library, mm -hmm. you don't even in classes, you don't yeah, even really like notice. Second yes. yeah. just, like, I'm just more excited to like see them there. And uh -huh. Right. Right. So like, like, it was right in my day. I'm like, yeah. Oh, that's just so cute. Yeah. yeah. No, they are. But I could um, see how the second you go off the campus, community where there isn't this like yeah I mean yeah culture around it so culture, I'm hoping exactly. yeah so I'm hoping that like all of us having this experience like around animals all the time these service animals um helps like you know we can foster that culture into whatever communities sure, we go into sure. later but I will say the only problem with having such uh like friendly um community is that like you know, people do forget to ask to pet yeah. um, the service oh. dogs. And it's like, sometimes like, I'm like, he's working. <laughs> like sometimes people will come up to me and be like, can I pet him? And I will always say yes, if you ask. Yeah. But sometimes like, especially during class, anytime we're in public, we're always, he's always quote unquote working. Sure. Mm -hmm. I think um, that's weird. Cause like, if you see like a regular person just like walking their like pet, like I would ask to pet their yeah. dog. And I just feel like it's, it's respectful. There's more of a mm -hmm. trust though yeah. with service dogs that you know they've like, been trained. Yeah. So for some reason so they're you like, think that they're there. Oh, to they're be not going to bite. That's or, so like, weird. Yeah. I'd still ask because I just think that's so weird. Just going it up is. to an animal and being like, hi, especially when they're like owner, like trainers right there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, you know, I do appreciate that people like still want to say hi because it gets them used to like, honestly, like people will, will like call at Gomez when we're walking and be like, oh my God, puppy, oh come gosh. here, come here. Like, and like it, it's gotten him really good at ignoring people. Mm -hmm, yeah. So it is, it is good because, you know, people don't necessarily, like people have similar manners off campus as they do on campus. So sure. it is good to get him used to that sense of it. But, you know, in an ideal world, world, like everyone would, you know. Respect it. Yeah. yeah everyone, everyone would know their boundaries when it comes to them because they are, they are service dogs in the end, so. Yeah, I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about like working, like the balance of like your schoolwork and also like training the dog, yeah. like with the workload that comes with yeah. it. Social, it sounds like a lot. Oh my God, yeah. So I think it's really funny because sometimes I just need a break from like all other aspects of my life and I need to go see like some other four paws people and like um, primary handlers because you all have the same experience mm -hmm. and especially like obviously like your on-campus handlers so like sometimes like I'll be like okay like I'm taking Gomez to the tennis courts if anyone like wants to have a play day and so because they can obviously play with any other affiliated four paws dogs because they know they have all the records on them mm -hmm. you know um, it's safer for them um, but then you know I'll show up and I'll be like 
oh, ha, 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 like Gomez like refused to walk with me today. I had to carry him on campus. Like it was so embarrassing. Like all these people were staring yeah. at me and you know, like they'll be like, oh my gosh, yeah, I hate that. That happened to me like three days ago too, except he wouldn't stop like chasing the leaves. And you know, so it's like, you all have like a very- Just raising these dogs like together. Yeah, yes. shared really, experience. Yes, yeah, exactly. Like share tips and- Yeah, yeah. Oh no, gosh. that's exactly what it is. So like we have, you know, all of these handlers on campus, but then we also have a club like through the university. And so that's when we get to do a lot of like really cool, like specialized programming too, to like help us all get used to it. Um, so like we had a month, we have a monthly meeting and at our February meeting, everyone switched dogs. So like, you know, one person got one dog, one person got one dog and it was the sitters got some, some sitters got dogs, some primary handlers had like a different dog. Um, and we worked on like, like dog distractions, like keeping, holding a heel while walking past other dogs and like being around other people and like lots of like chaos and energy and stuff. Um, so it's a really cool experience because it gets you like working with all these different dogs and you have all these other um, issues that you're like familiar with on other dogs. So like you're more, you're just more prepared. And so you do have this like little community. Sure. Um, and so even when I'm like, oh my gosh, like I'm, just, I think one of the other things too with like balancing is like realizing when I need to like take a step back and take some like me time because like I always like feel like, oh my gosh, like I need to put him first. I need to put him first. But also like, he's going to be okay if he sits in his kennel for an hour while I like go take a shower or like do something I need to do just to like take a step back and like remember like, okay, like I'm a college student. Here's where I'm at. Like it's okay. But you know, I think I need my space and Gomez needs his space too. And, um, since he is, cannot speak, I have to be <laughs> the one to decide like, okay, when do we need space? Um, and so that was definitely a hard thing to like get used to at first because when you're a secondary handler, you just have them the whole time that you have them. Whereas like as a primary, you know, he has a kennel, he's kennel trained, um, you know, realistically a family that has a service dog, their service dog might not be going with them everywhere, you know? the parents might be working or whatever. Like if, yeah. you know, they're home, if the kids are home for a day, like, and the parents still needs to work, like they might be in their kennel. So like, it's something that's useful for everyone because, you know, he has to be able to enjoy that space himself and realize like, okay, and it's time to take a step back. Like I'm going to calm myself down. And he's gotten really good at that too. Um, and like balancing his energy. But I also will say like, because of the whole community aspect, I have so many people who will like reach out to me and be like, oh my gosh, he's so cute. Like, can I take him for a day? And I'm like, yes, take him, take him off my hands, please. Um, and so that helps me a lot because, you know, like Tuesday, Thursdays, I have class from like 9.30 to 4.45. So I have like a full day. Um, and so it's really nice because people will be like, oh my gosh, yeah, I have nothing going on. So I'm just going to go take him on a play date. And so he still gets like his time outside, but I also get to sit down and focus on class, but it definitely is like fully a learning process. So it's really nice to have other people to be like, Hey, like, yeah, I did the same thing. You know, I had to like learn where my balance was too, but like, don't be afraid to, you know, put him in his kennel when you need some time or don't be afraid to like take him to class if you think he's going to do well or, you know, that type of thing, like feel it out and like trust your gut, especially like if you've yeah. been training for a while, cause yeah. you know how, yeah, like you can feel it out and it'll be okay. It's not the end of the world. Yeah. <laughs> it's cool to have that sense of community though. Yeah. You're, it's very special. <laughs> you're also on the exec board. Could you talk about that too? Yeah. So, um, I just got like slated and voted on as, um, the, 
like UK Four Paws um, fundraising co- fundraising coordinator. Congratulations! Yeah. Thank you. Amazing. I'm really excited. Um, and so it's like because it is super cool because it's like a very layered organization. So we have like our campus club, but then there's also like headquarters, and then there's all these other campuses that have their own clubs and sure. um, that type of thing. And so um, we have our executive board that all like serve different purposes. Um, but I love working with nonprofits. I work at um, Nationwide Children's Hospital in Columbus at home. Um, and so I get to work with kids a lot too. And I really like found a passion, you know, a little passion project. Yeah. Helping others and especially being around kids. I love being around kids. Um, and so I think the fundraising aspect is very important of nonprofits and like people always, I feel like sometimes forget how important it is and that like most companies are, you know, run strictly off of donations. So like four paws, for example, they have like their financial records like online and like I want to say 53% of their annual income is from donations. So it's like they have that, you know, they have to have that community support. Mm -hmm. Um, And so for me, like I want to be able to play my part in that to, you know, help grow our community um, at UK, but also being able to, you know, financially and like morally support headquarters too since they have so much going on like being able to handle our campus makes their lives a little bit easier too Um, but then also being able to contribute to that is really awesome too so one of my goals this and this might be a long-term goal um, is to raise enough money to sponsor a litter so if we donate a certain amount of money we can like name the litter so I want that's really cool yeah so I want to do like a Kentucky litter um and so I have all these Rep and no I, name them no that no be yes so yeah Willie, exactly Willie D. coach Cal yeah Cal that would be cute. I would love that um yeah terrible. so that's it yeah and it's really cute so like now I think the hard part is too is like since we're on a college campus you know obviously college students are never in a great position to be donating money but I feel like for that like I feel like some people would definitely be on board yes for it. yeah you have to give people something tangible that like their money yeah. is going towards yeah, there's also other ways to fundraise and to make those events yeah and yes like yeah so and that's one thing that I think OSU four paws is really good at they're very good with their fundraising efforts and you know branching out to like the other you know like quote-unquote traditional families and sure, you know getting sure. them involved in fundraising as well um so, but yeah, I do think it's just like super cool that we have these other campuses that we can look at as well and be like, okay, look, yeah. this is what they're doing really mm-hmm. well. You know, this is what their goal is for fundraising and that type of stuff and like communicating with them and being like, it's sort of similar to like Greek life, how like you're like, oh, like, how are you doing it? Does that work? Yes. Maybe I can bring that over here. I yes. mean, that would make sense. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Which is really funny. Cause it's like, what? <laughs> that does not make like, yeah. like that connection does not yeah. make sense, but <laughs> it is, it is really cool. So you talked about programming a little bit with the club, um, inside the club, but there's also programming outside the club. I've seen the dogs at multiple events on campus yeah. where you can go and play with the puppies. Usually it's like around um, like midterm, stuff yeah. like that. So tell me about that. Yeah, so um, since like we do have a really good campus culture that we have a lot of organizations that reach out directly to us and be like, hey, we would love to have some of your dogs come in and it's a socialization opportunity for them. But then it's also beneficial like for our med students or for, you know, the people that live in the storm or whatever. Um, So we do a lot of uh, events like that. But then we have a new like events person, obviously, for the upcoming year. And um, we're trying to focus it more on more like specific like 
events that and programming that's going to focus on helping our dogs the most. So like, for example, like kid exposure is really low on campus. Sure, sure. Um, so we're focusing on doing more outreach with like local elementary schools. And so we do a donation drive every year, um, like in the fall with a specific school. And then we've also like just actually this this week, we actually were um, going to a scholastic book fair. Oh, Whoa. Fine. Scholastic book fair. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like all the kids are getting to read and there's like puppies around with them. And so oh it's, it's just a very, like. I would have loved that <gasps> at my scholastic book yeah, fair. I know. Really? Can you imagine? Just because yeah. like that, the book fair was already so iconic, but then yeah, adding literally. a bunch of dogs, like literally. it would be so What cute. amazing partnership. Yes, okay. exactly. And so um, it's really cool that we get to engage like with the community as well. Yeah. Um, because, you know, that's important for us and it's important for them too, like to be you know these kids get this really maybe don't have a dog or don't have never had a pet right and they're getting this great education about service dogs and like what they do and you know that kind of thing so they grow up knowing like oh if this dog has a vest he's working unless you ask so it's it's really cool and my goal for like next year too is I definitely want to try and partner more with like other community organizations so um maybe maybe some places on the bourbon trail mm-hmm. um, getting to see like where they're at more with the university directly with like with their like PR department. Um, and we were thinking about doing something with Keeneland as well. Oh, cool. um, since it's an animal focused mm-hmm. yeah. um, organization. Oh my gosh, so. those little puppies seeing the big no, that'd be horses. Yeah. <laughs> they're not allowed to like interact with the horses or be oh, there with yeah. the horses or something. Yeah. But you know, they have like, I mean that I'm would make sure. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I'm pretty sure they have like a daycare or something there too. So like, you know, just getting them used to like mm-hmm. different environments yeah. even. Yeah. So um yeah, there's definitely a lot of really cool ways to engage like with programming with our dogs that like benefit our dogs and everyone else as well. So it's been really cool to see like, you know, people really enjoy their presence too, which is really fun. Yeah. Do you know how many dogs are, like, currently, like, being trained on campus? Yeah, so we have over 30 dogs on campus oh right now. Oh, my gosh. That's yeah. Awesome. Yes. Really? Yep. Somehow I did not, I didn't think there were that many. I no, don't know why. In my, in mine, well, I was thinking, so, like, six or something. I just, well, yeah, so. is amazing. Just our, from, from Four Paws? or mm-hmm, Just wow. from Four Paws. So, um, that w- that's been, like, a huge growth point. Um, our club has doubled in size since our current president, Emily Cox. Like, in- since she has fulfilled her role, our club has doubled in size. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, and so I want to say, like, my fr- like our freshman year, we had, like, six dogs on five or six oh, dogs okay. on campus. Okay. And so, like, now wow, this year, that's a huge, that's it's awesome. a huge jump. Wow. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there's there's lots of dogs on campus. Some of them are from, like, the same litter, so they're, like, siblings. That's cute. Yeah, which is really fun. So, um, like, Wishbone and Fang are both from, like, mm. the storybook litter. So they're, like, oh like Fang God. from Harry Potter oh. and, like, that type of stuff. Um, and I'm, I'm hoping that Gomez gets a sibling on campus. <laughs> That'll be so fun. I know. But it's really cool because there's a lot of different types of dogs on campus, too. We have we have a good amount of doodles. Oh, okay. Um, we had one poodle in the program. Um, he has since flunked the program, <laughs> but you know, like there's a lot of a lot of different dogs. We have a lot of new fees, golden retrievers, 
Um, obviously labs. We have a lot of black labs on campus now, which is fun for me because everyone confuses my dog with every other Gomez dog. Gomez is a black lab. <laughs> yep. He's pretty generic. Love him, but he looks like everyone else here. Oh, <laughs> I think he's cuter. He's got cuter eyes. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's definitely peak puppy dog eyes. <laughs> exactly. But yeah. And you can see him on Instagram. Yes. So what is Gomez's Instagram account? His Instagram is at gomez 4 paws but the um, number four. Okay. Um, And I think it's such a fun little thing that like a lot of dogs from it four seems, paws have like, instagrams yeah. yeah and so it's really cool because you get to see all of their different socialization ex- like experiences watch them grow up yeah you do you oh get to gosh. watch them grow up like some people like take pictures of them like in the same bandana but each month they oh, get older okay. so you see them like grow into it uh-huh. um and yeah you just get to see how they're developing and it's, it's a really it's really cool it's very cute it's very sweet so and I was like I'm so excited to not only get my get foster my but own dog pictures but him. yes get to make his own Instagram he has yes. over 200 followers already. Oh, wow. I know so go he's popping <laughs> So that social media has played a really large impact, it sounds like. Can you tell us more about that? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I think it's been, like, really cool in the sense that, um, you know, everyone everyone loves a nice, cute dog picture. Yeah. Um, And so that has been a great way to, like, grab people's attention initially and be like, oh, my gosh, look at all these cute dogs. Like, this is – these are all these really cute dogs on campus. Like, you'll see them in class. You'll see them in the library. Like, keep an eye out for them. Like – here are their names, like, this is what they're up to, you know, um, so it's, that's definitely a really cool thing, um, and, you know, being able to, like, build up that campus following as well, so, like, making sure people are keeping an eye out and being, like, you know, getting to educate people while they're engaging, like, with our dogs on social media, um, it's, it's a really cool, very, like, interesting dynamic, you know, um, so, yeah, but we're, we're aiming to hit, um, 3,000 followers soon, um, we're at like 2,700, I think. On the Four Paws Instagram? Yes, on oh at UK Four Paws. Again, the the number. Four. <laughs> yes, um, the number four. Um, but yeah, it's definitely just a great way to like engage directly with people. And that's also where we always, anytime like we see someone on campus and they're like, oh my gosh, like I want a dog so bad. Like yeah. I wish I, and I wish I could like take a dog. I said, you can take my dog <laughs> like anytime. If like, I'm just always like go to at UK four pause on Instagram. Like, and it has all the forms you could ever need. It has like, you know, um, your volunteer trainer application form, um, okay. housing verification. Like it has all that stuff to guide you. And then the club is really well structured too. that. Um, we have a canvas shell. Um, and so everything on there, it has wow. like, that's really organized. Holy yes, cow. it is. It is Emily. Emily is an organization. God, <laughs> she great. set all of that up, but yeah. So and then when you're coordinating, not only people, but also pets, yeah. animals, right. like you're, I, you feel like you would have to be. Really no. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's, that. yeah, it's never been as organized as it is. So yeah. I definitely give her major props for like setting it up Absolutely. the way it is. So, um, but you know, those like forms that I have to fill out, there's like a link directly on canvas and we put like our fundraisers and our events on there. So wow. people are like seeing it yeah. often if they're like in the club. Um, so yeah, it, it's giving people like a really good way to engage with, with us, which is really cool. Could you talk a little about, bit about the qualifications for like having a dog? Yeah. Um, so really pretty much anyone who applies for the program can take a dog. Um, I always recommend that people are a sitter, like a secondary handler before they go into being com- becoming a primary handler because even if you have experience like raising a dog, it's a very different experience to raise a service dog. 
Um, and as a sitter, like you get to work with all these different dogs and that will prepare you to like pretty much be ready for whatever personality type, age, like breed, et cetera, whatever you get. Um, so you're well prepared. And so I feel like when I got Gomez, like I didn't, I, I told them, I was like, I'm ready to become a primary foster. Give me a dog. <laughs> and so I did not know anything about who I was going to get, when I was going to get him. They're like, okay, we'll put you on a list and let you know when we match someone with you. And so I had no idea what I was going to get, but I felt really prepared because I have been in the program for over a year. So I started like February of 2021. Um, and basically there's just this really long application Um through like four paws headquarters and it's like a verification form so it like asks for references to make sure like you're a good person and <laughs> um you know like it has you like put in your address and like take photos of your home so like for dorms like it's really easy in the sense that it's like you know this is my dorm and this is like the space outside of it just to make sure that like the dog has somewhere to go to the bathroom sure. like you're not sure. gonna keep yeah. them inside all yeah. the time um that type of stuff. So it it feels really long, but it's like mm -hmm. all stuff that's like important Very yeah. um, for a dog. And so once you fill that out, you'll um, go do like an obedience class. Um, and they do those over Zoom now. So you don't even have to like go in person, that's nice. which is really <laughs> nice. Um, but it does make it hard sometimes to like grasp the skills because it can be it's just it's it's very overwhelming. Mm -hmm. Like there's hand signals for everything. And then there's also like the words that you're supposed to be using for the commands there's specific there's just there's a lot to yeah, it like a lot of yeah. information yes Did you give like some advice for like learning all of that information yeah I mean I will say like if you like are gonna become a primary or even a sitter like join the club don't be on campus and not be in the club because it provides you the opportunity like it provides you that structure without you having to do any of that work um like it's just there for you to use so um we have so many documents up there that like you know, just explain like what, you know, how to do this. And at our monthly meetings, we work directly with the dogs. Like even if you've never touched a dog before at the monthly meetings, like we have obedience sessions afterwards. So you will get a dog, like you will work with someone. Um, so it gives you like a very nice, like structured space to be free to work with the dogs and get like positive feedback mm -hmm. um, and be like, hey, like, you know, make sure that like you're keeping the dog in a heel or make sure that the dog, you know, you do this hand signal when you're telling them to sit or whatever. Um, so it gives you that direct feedback so you can be confident in public too, because you never want to go out in public before A, you're ready to, and B, the dog is ready to. Um, so it's, it's, a, it's a balance between that obedience and socialization. Like you have to make sure that they're going to be ready to handle, <laughs> handle public. Yeah. Um, but yeah, amazing. Well, thank you so much yeah. for all of this information. I learned a lot. So I'm so much glad. about service dogs, just about the club. I'm mm -hmm. so I'm so amazed by all of it, and hearing <laughs> that the impact is so cool, and getting to know Gomez. So once again, please tell the people where they can find more about Fort Paws and Gomez. Mm -hmm. Yes, um, everyone, check out our Instagram at UK Fort Paws, the number four. And if you want to see some cute pictures of my dog, go follow at Gomez Fort Paws, the number four. Um, and yeah, feel free to send any questions or messages to that um, four paws Instagram um, because we are always 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 open to questions and we want people to be able to engage with us and with our community and like our mission so sure. 
It's really awesome. awesome. One more question that I have. Is there a specific time where you can become like a sitter where they're doing the trainings or is it on a rolling basis? It is on a rolling basis. Okay. So you can apply so whenever everyone, you're ready. You have no excuse. Exactly. No excuse. Go get yourself a dog. And take my dog. <laughs> take him. Take him off my hands, especially when it's raining. That needs a break. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Alrighty. Well, thank you so much. Thank, thank you guys. Thank you guys so much for listening to our 16th episode. I hope you'd enjoyed it. I know we did. We learned so, so much. Mm-hmm. Just about the culture on UK's campus with um, with four paws dogs and everything else. So you have no excuse not to get yourself a dog. Exactly. Make sure to give them a follow. Thank you guys for listening and have a great rest of your day. Bye.